Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Badlands Daily. This is all connected, guys. It really is. It's, it's, it's undeniable. Which is a rig system with these elite people. There is no need to complicate something that doesn't need to be complicated. The divide is, is meant to keep us divided and fighting each other. But they control the actors, and I really think they have to jump in. They like making their pet monkeys dance. It's just a creation that exists in the minds of people who are still addicted to the central narrative. All right, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Badlands Daily. I'm joined today by Chris Paul, which can mean only one thing. It's Friday, and I am so excited that it's Friday. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man, and you're right. It is Friday. <laughs> well, thank you for that acute observation right there. Yeah. That is a uh, very, very uh, observant of you. And uh, yes, it is Friday, which means that we have a weekend coming up. So hopefully everybody has a great weekend. Uh, I'll, I'll save that again for the end of the show here. Um, you ready to get going, man? This is this is a, a, a I'm ready. This is a pretty packed day, man. Yesterday, yesterday we had some some really interesting things happen, and uh, I'm gonna try and get through all of them today right. because there's a lot, dude. I'm with you. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into it. Before we do that, we do have to jump into our first sponsor. And ladies and gentlemen, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing that I do every single morning. And I want you to come on this journey with me. It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I personally like the wildberry flavor, although the lemon lime is okay. Uh, my wife likes the lemon lime. And it's completely improved my life. This uh, is nutrition the way that nature intended. All right, you'll get way more energy throughout the day. You'll sleep better at night. You'll get healthier hair and skin, helps with your digestion. My stomach, I know, feels better and feeling better and healthier overall. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support health and vital organs. Uh, I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy, and I promise you're gonna love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they will give you a 100% money back guarantee. We can get you 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping fieldofgreens.com. Use promo, pro, promo code badlands, uh, promo code badlands at fieldofgreens.com. And ladies and gentlemen, look, it's, 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 I know it's really tough to get all your fruits and vegetables. This is an easy way to get all the nutrients that you need to get from fruits and vegetables. And, uh, I cannot recommend it enough. You know, I, I just I simply eat like crap most of the time, except on weekends when I get to actually cook. So check out fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Badlands. All right. You ready to get going, brother? Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. Jumping right off the rip, man, this is nuts. All right. So we've been talking a lot about this FT 1023, Alexander Smirnoff, and you know, this FBI informant 
that was arrested uh, coming off a plane in Vegas, an international flight. I don't think they've disclosed where he was coming from at all, which is interesting. I haven't read the entire indictment yet, just clips of it, um, which after reading this story here, uh, well, this story and, and some of the others follow ups to it, I, I have to read this indictment like I got so much on my plate between elections and everything else going on. But this is this is really important right here. He's now been arrested again. All right. Arrested again. FBI, uh, uh, Politico reports lawyers for ex-FBI informant charged with lying about the Bidens. OK, says he's been rearrested. It says here from Politico, it says lawyers for Alexander Smirnoff say he's been rearrested just days after a magistrate judge in Las Vegas ordered him released from pretrial custody. Uh, Smirnoff, who prosecutors had warned, had extensive ties to Russian intelligence and was a risk of fleeing, had been meeting with his lawyers at the time of his second arrest. Huge, huge risk of fleeing right there. He's got an ankle monitor, I'm sure. They, they, they got GPS monitoring on him. So huge risk of fleeing. They took his passports. He's got dual citizenship here in the U.S., uh, or dual passports and uh, in Israel as well. Mm. Says House Republicans and their allies have repeatedly cited Smirnoff's allegations against the Bidens that prosecutors now say were fabrications that may have been initiated and fueled by high-level Russian intelligence operatives. Now, that's really all I want to take from uh, from Politico there. We do have the arrest warrant right here uh, from yesterday. This is really strange. I mean, he's being arrested for the same exact thing. So, like, it's not a breach of his of his bail. You know, it's not anything other than they're, they're arresting him for the same exact thing. Uh, I got some notes here. If I scroll down here on February 20th, uh, they essentially, you know, said, hey, you're you're free to go. You're free to go. The magistrate judge, the, the government said we we need you to uh, detain him. He, he's a flight risk. He's got Russian intelligence asset ties. But the magistrate judge said, anyways, no, we're not going to do that. We, we're going to let him go. Uh, he was rearrested at a legal consultation, which I mean, can you or on his way there? I don't know if he was at it or not. They said it while he was consulting with his attorneys. Uh, and they're they're trying to move the jurisdiction around now, like from from the the court in uh, I, I think it's from the court in Nevada to a court in California, going from a magistrate judge to an actual Article Three judge. Um, let's see, I had some notes here. Bear with me, guys. I can't highlight on this. So uh, it says here that under 18 USC 3145 provides that the government's remedy, if it disagrees with the judge, the magistrate judge. Uh, release order. The remedy is to file a motion for revocation or modification of the conditions of release. That motion is filed in the original jurisdiction. The government filed that motion. There are no provisions for the rearrest of Mr. Smirnoff in this district after being ordered released. Any such provision would undermine the entire purpose of the defendant having the right to a Rule 5 hearing in the district in which he is arrested. It also undermines the court's denial of governments of the government's request of a, for a stay of uh, this release order. And so I, I want to jump over here. Well, before we hold on, let me get this pulled up here. Uh, there's a couple tweets that are highlighted here. I, I don't know what to make of this. Let me before I jump into this. What do you make of this, Chris? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It sounds really weird to me. I hadn't spent a lot of time on the Smirnov case to begin with. So I don't have enough background to be able to to assess that, but being uh, rearrested for the same thing, it sounds like it's under different jurisdiction though now. Like Article Three, that's a constitutional court, right? Right. Yeah. Magistrate judges are not Article Three judges. They, you know, 
basically handle civil matters and then, you know, preliminary type uh, matters, you know, bond hearings and bail hearings and stuff like that. Obviously, they can, you know, sign off on search warrants, as we learned in uh, in the case with uh, Reinhardt in Florida, where he signed off on the Trump warrant for Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the former Epstein associate associated with Epstein, not like an, a direct associate. Um, but so yeah, this, this guy Smirnoff, though, let's let's get back into some background just for um, well, for ourselves and for the audience. I mean, this is the guy who made the claims that uh, there were two individual five million dollar payments made to the Biden family. Right. And these were coming from uh, Mikolas Lochevsky, if I recall. Yep. yep. OK, so and uh, Chuck Grassley himself pre- uh, presented this um, informant testimony. Uh, he's mentioned it a number of times over the years, but then presented it formally last summer, if I have that correct. And uh, now we were just told about two weeks ago that he was arrested for lying about these these claims that he made as an informant concerning the payments to the Bidens. So the idea was he lied to the FBI. Therefore, Biden's DOJ is going to prosecute him for lying. And this court allowed him to be released. And now he has been rearrested to be dealt with under a different court. Is that, am I? I, I, That's the way I read it. Okay. That's the way I read it here. So he's gone from uh, this judge that we talked about, Albrecht there, uh, the Mm -hmm. magistrate judge that originally released him. And now he's in California. Uh, He's being arrested and he's going to face a, a, you know, a hearing in California under Judge Otis Wright, who is an actual, uh, you know, district court judge. It's, it's, strange i mean you know i've been trying to read up on it this morning jonathan turley's a little bit perplexed by it uh every article that and and comment that i've read from you know uh lawyers and and judges etc this morning have been you know pretty perplexed by it the attorneys themselves are saying this is really strange you know four days after he's released you arrest him for, it, it's not like they arrested him for a bond violation they arrested him for the same crime like that's what the warrant was for the same thing it it, it just doesn't make much sense um, you know, before I mean, we get into, go ahead. It's, it sounds like maybe there's like a superseding sort of thing, like where this court is going to take it over for whatever reason, you know, if, if the issue is just passed off to them at this point, you know, it would seem like that's the purpose of all this, move it away from the one court, bring it into the other. I mean, there's so many weird games being played behind the scenes right now. And I think that a lot of that stuff has to do with um, infiltration and corruption throughout the system. You know, depending on who has the leverage to move things around, you would want to put it in a venue of your choice. You know, if you are a regime kind of uniparty, if you're serving their interests, then you're going to take this guy to a court where he will be dealt with or the process will be delayed so that the information that he has provided could never be used. I mean, ultimately, what I want to know is whether or not these claims that he made are actually true, because if the claims he made are true and he's being arrested for making false claims by Biden's DOJ, then that sounds like an attempt to uh, blunt the impact of those true claims, tie him up in court so that he can't uh, support those claims, whatever it is. And then 
if that was the case, it being moved is probably a good thing from the perspective of those people trying to seek the truth. Um, so, but that's speculation, obviously, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, there's, and that's all we can do at this yeah. juncture. Cause we just found out yesterday, late, late yesterday that he was rearrested. I mean, look, you could think of, uh, you know, threats to his life as a potential issue here for, for a change of jurisdiction going from, you know, where he was at, I think in Nevada to California, perhaps. I mean, look, if, if I, if, if I was somebody that was going to speak out against the regime, uh, probably one of the last places I would want to be is a major blue city or Las Vegas. I mean, there's so much, uh, there's so much that goes on in Las Vegas in terms of, you know, uh, all sorts of foreign actors and, and things like that. I mean, you look at the Vegas shooting and, and, and the Mandalay Bay that, that you had a lot of these foreign agents that were like occupying space up there. I think wasn't, it wasn't the top floor, like owned by the Saudis or something like that, where the, where the, uh. Yeah, Al Walid Bin Talal and uh, Bill Gates, I believe, had ownership of the the top floor. There was actually like the Four Seasons Las Vegas or something. Yeah, um, if I recall, I mean, God, I, I haven't it's been, been to that story in a while. Yeah, but uh, you know, the rumor was always that that whole event was an attempted assassination of Mohammed bin Salman, um, and that he had been given a warning to get out of there before things really went down. So, I mean, that stuff's all speculative as well. You know, there's a lot of evidence to support those theories, but, uh, man, this, these are just those unsolved mysteries that should be solved because they're obviously critically important in the path our country takes. And everybody just kind of, you know, we were given a patsy for that Stephen Paddock, and then it just disappeared like within a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then you started. Right. I usually I usually defer, you know, on on, the, on this type of, you know, case to to Kyle, of course, because I mean, that's what he does for fun. He watches Formula One and reads court documents. That's all that guy does. He's a machine. Um, and, and so I'm sure we'll get, you know, some 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 updates in his perspective on all this. But you you have this guy who's been a an FBI informant for 13 years now. Uh, I think they said he's made over two hundred thousand dollars. He's been paid by the FBI. He's been deemed highly credible this whole entire time. Uh, I mean, if you're going to sit here and and now arrest him and say that he's he's not credible because of some, you know, a lie he told or whatever, which by the way, we'll get into the, the specifics of it. Uh it, I, I mean, that's going to call into question a lot of cases that that people that have been arrested or indicted or that are under investigation based on things that he's told the FBI. And, and then you still have this whole concept that, you know, lying to the FBI, that's kind of like the catch-all. That's what they got. Isn't that what they got Papadopoulos with? That's what they got Flynn with. You know, they have like this kind of catch-all where they, they kind of coerce you into a lie. There is more. I remember reading the FD23. I remember the, the moment it came out, I was in the Broward Mall. I was with my wife and I was like, I got to go outside. She was shopping and I was like, I got to go outside. And I sat in, outside in the mall and I sat there and read the whole FD 1023. And everything I read was like, you can corroborate this like word for word practically with Hunter Biden's emails. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and you know, not to bring this up again, because I know we beat this like a dead horse, but until somebody in Congress brings up the Pazarski Blue Star Strategies deal, uh, we're going to continue to beat it because it needs to be beaten. I, I, I'm just gonna. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, I'm I'm with you. 
you know, to protect Joe Biden, would they arrest this guy claiming that he made all these claims up? Yeah, of course they would. So, yeah. You're going to talk about, you know, lying to the FBI and uh, Christopher Steele still walks free. That guy lied to the FBI. Uh, You know, Peter Strzok still walks free. He didn't lie to him, but he 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 conspired to insurrect the U.S. government with uh, with what's her name? Um, uh, Lisa Carter, uh, Lisa Page. Page. I'm thinking Carter Page, Lisa Carter. I'm all over the place with Lisa Page. Um, You've got Danchenko, another one that the FBI, you know, trusted. And that was that was a flat out liar. But let's. This is from the indictment here. Stephen McIntyre put this up on on X. It says uh, three years later in May of 2020, the defendant sent the the defendant, meaning uh, uh, Smirnoff, sent his handler a series of messages expressing bias, bias against public official one. Now, just let's see if there's actual bias here, who was then a candidate for president of the United States and the presumptive nominee of the two, one of the two major political parties. We obviously know that's Joe Biden. On May 19th, 2020, the defendant messaged the handler following messaged him the following. It's all over the news in Russia and Ukraine, as well as live calls between public official one, which is Joe Biden and the president of Ukraine smells bad for Joe. Right. At the time, Poroshenko. Yeah. At the time, Poroshenko Uh, smells bad for public official one, which is Joe Biden says on that day, May 19th, 2020, it was publicly reported that a Ukrainian lawmaker who met with blank late last year released recordings of private phone calls several years ago between public official one, Joe Biden and blank then Ukraine's president in a new broadside, uh, a new broadside against the presumptive presidential nominee for the U.S. president that has raised questions about foreign interference in the 2020 election. It says that approximately 20 minutes after his first message on May 19th, 2020, the the defendant volunteered his view that Biden is going to jail. Now, does that four parentheses, does that mean something? Is that like an emoji for smiling or something? Gosh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've seen the three parentheses before, um, which is some, uh, like, uh, let, uh, let me see what that is. It's, it's some like weird, it. like gl- globalist thing. It's supposed to be like, I, I don't know. There was something with globalists or maybe Jewish people using that, um, a few years ago on Twitter as an identifier and there was controversy about it and it was like supposed to be an insult. And I think somebody adopted it or whatever. This is like old internet language that I'm trying to remember. Well, the, the, and the reason I asked that is because that statement on its face, public official one going to jail is not biased. That's not biased. I mean, you, you have a phone conversation that gets leaked that, you know, he's, 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 uh, the, the one with Poroshenko, you, you pair that up with the, with the meeting, the son of a bitch was fired over Victor Shokin and all that. And, and you do have serious problems there. And so, you know, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily bias. Uh, a minute later, the, def- the defendant opined Dems tried to impeach public official two for the same, which is, I'm, I'm assuming that's Donald Trump, even less all those politicians, same shit jail for all of them. Plus bribe of Joe Biden should be soon in the news. Now, this was May 19th of 2020. He goes on to say the handler responded only if you believe that this request to get rid of Victor Shokin was only because of Burisma, which my all accounts, I'm assuming he's meant by all accounts, it was not. The defendant offered the following for sure. Yes, I'll try to prove it to you, bro. Uh, To which, by the way, anytime you say bro to somebody in a conversation, there, there's no presumption that you're you're like under oath or anything like that, you know, uh, but maybe hey, maybe there is. 
The defendant offered the following. He said, for sure, yes, I'll try to prove it to you, bro. To which the handler responded, bride payment, I think he meant bribe payment, to Biden, or are you talking about the aid withheld unless they fired Shokin? And he said, the defendant then further offered the following, I'll get those other recordings of Biden's son telling to Boriyama, Burisma, I, I assume, that his for dad, sure. what's that? Yes, for sure. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, man. go ahead. Boriyama's I don't know. Son. Right, right, right. I'm with you. Uh, Boriyama, that his dad will take care of Shokin, bribed to public official one and his son, uh, to which the handler responded, that would be a game changer. The defendant then stated, I'll meet with the guys as soon as I will be able to fly. The defendant did not indicate who the guys were. I mean, look, I don't know if that's specifically what the lie is, but this is, I mean, this is literally verbatim, you know, not verbatim, but this is what was implied in that contract between Painter, uh, Rosemont Seneca, and Vadim Pozarski on behalf of Burisma. And I mean, this was two weeks before the, the Victor Shokin firing or the, the son of a bitch was fired meeting where he withheld the loan guarantees. This guy's not, this guy's, they better have something really good if they're going to prosecute this guy for lying to the FBI. It's probably going to be some bullshit thing. Like, you know, he said he was actually here when in reality he was at this location. So he lied to the FBI. I have no idea, man. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about um, the regime that we are watching operate right now, you know, they don't actually care whether or not the claim is valid or provable or anything. They just care that they're able to cast doubt and suspicion on the claims and delay the process by days or weeks or months or however long it takes. Um, so it's possible that they thought they had a friendly venue and that they would be able to uh, tie this up in courts for, you know, who knows how long and that uh, that has backfired in their faces now. I hope that's the case. I don't know that's the case, obviously. Um, I guess we just have to wait and see. I mean, maybe someone knows, but it sure ain't me. I mean, this is really bizarre, man. Like this is yeah. it, this is going to end up, I, I I think, you know, after 2025, when you know all the dust kind of settles on all this, because we're gonna see some mad psych psychological operations, chaos, and everything over the next nine months until we get to the election. Um I got a feeling when this settles, this is going to end up being like, you know, the same thing they did to Papadopoulos and, and Flynn, except now they're doing it to uh, the Smirnoff guy. Um, you know, we don't know what the lies are going to be. Uh, just. I, I'm, I'm I don't know, man, this is this is a lot to unpack and, and they redact so much of this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what you know, if this is uh, dirty tricks, that's what makes it effective you know they they've been doing these sorts of things to tie people up in court cases and make it impossible for the public to discover the truth i mean this is a strategy and especially if you're facing an existential crisis why wouldn't you pull out all the stops you have the positions you have the uh the pieces in place to be able to do something like this why not do it so i guess we'll find out you know i i i have unlike other people i have no faith in um the uh the justice department i'm not saying that none of them are good i believe that everything has the good twin and evil twin represented inside it you know and so it matters which element is the mover in any given instance um i try not to bias myself in either direction on these things uh but yeah i i don't think that anyone 
doubted the Smirnoff claims, you know, if they were, if those claims specifically were mistaken in some way, they were still uh, part of a, a coherent picture of Biden activity over the past few decades. And there's absolutely no reason to believe that it was all just made up. Um, the laptop's been verified. Plenty of it's been verified. Um, special activity reports from the banks have been uh, activity uh, have been uh, verified. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it seems like a weird claim that this one is just this one is was was overlooked and improperly added to the to the roster of evidence against the Bidens. I don't buy it. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, I, I saw Sammy said the the link in the chat wasn't working. It's a it's a thread here from Stephen McIntyre at Climate Audit uh, from February 22nd. He's got a long thread and I, I maybe we should go through just a little bit more of this because, you know, I, I don't want to spend the whole show going through this because we got a lot to cover today. But uh, he goes on. McIntyre goes on to, to write the Smirnoff indictment continues with a May 21, 2020 text about Ukraine opening an investigation into corruption revealed by Durkok and Kuliak. Uh, this was incorrect information. Zelensky announced the inf investigation, but later under pressure appears to have shut it down. And you can see the handler said Ukraine opening investigations. Uh, okay, Biden, pres I, I think it's going to help him to be elected. We need a new runner. Let me know when you can talk, have some interesting updates. Says Smirnoff then sent a picture of Joe and Hunter Biden golfing with Devin Archer, Burisma director and longtime Hunter associate. He was not the only person who incorrectly identified Archer, a Burisma director, as its CEO. On June 22nd, 2020, Durkok and Kuliak uh, held a follow-up press conference in which they provided many further details on corruption allegations involving Burisma and Biden's. Uh, next press conference in July of 2020 attracted little attention but contained in August 2016 Biden-Poroshenko tape that linked both Poroshenko and Biden to the Black Ledger operation that decapitated Manafort as Trump campaign manager. Uh, Durkok was then deplatformed by U.S. agencies as a bit of housekeeping in comparison of the FD-1023 Grassley version to the indictment shows that Alexander Ostapenko was Associate 1, Burisma 2, Pozarski, Burisma 3, Zolchevsky's daughter. Associate 2 is the, is the USPER who a U.S. person who does not speak Russian and Smirnoff's former partner. All right, it's a lot to go through right now, but uh, it, it's <laughs> that's that's a deep dive, man. We don't we we can't do that on daily. I wish we could. I really do. All right, let's keep moving along here. I want to cover this story here. So I was going to talk about this this trip that Joe Biden took to San Francisco, and mm -hmm. I was going to play. I was going to start it off with a clip of Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi walking and just like feeble old uh, robots. I mean, that's what they kind of look like. And I was like, you know what? There's a lot of jet static in the background. And then for some reason, I checked Donald Trump's truth. I don't even know why. I just was like, let me check Trump's truth out. And I saw this video and it's epic. Call us for a special caring touch. Visiting angels care so much. Visiting angels, America's choice and home care. Okay, so there's actually a reason why I'm playing that. So Joe, so Joe Biden traveled with Nancy Pelosi. They walked hand in hand to Air Force One, and uh, yeah, it gets really interesting. So Joe, Joe probably Biden, thought Nancy was uh, Jill. Jill, probably. Nancy's older than Nancy's older than uh, than no Joe. Really? Wow. Yeah, she's 83, dude. 
she's 83 and yesterday i was playing a clip of her um on uh jen Psaki. it was yesterday or the day before and she forgot who donald trump was and she tried to play it off like like oh i don't mention his name she she literally forgot his name and then when she realized that she forgot his name she said oh you know i, I we don't like to mention his name and then jen Psaki, no idea who she who, who pelosi's talking about refers to him as Voldemort and says, you know, he who shall be nameless or whatever it was, or shall not be named, mm. whatever it was. But let's jump into this story here. So from the Gateway Pundit, Joe Biden talks gibberish at, sh at, gibberish at San Francisco fundraiser, calls Putin an SOB, claims global warming is more dangerous than nuclear war. Uh, so he flew to California. They're both, they're both a zero, so... <laughs> I agree. I agree 100% with that. Uh, Biden flew to California on Wednesday to collect money from the rich elitist in San Francisco and Beverly Hills. During his wandering speech in San Francisco, Biden called Russian President Vladimir Putin a son of a bitch and told his audience of ignorant leftists that cl climate change was more dangerous than nuclear war. Now, listen, this is the story he told. There's no audio of it, but there's a, a text of it. And he says, uh, Joe Biden, fumbling through one of his speeches, said, quote, I remember we'd get up in the morning. When we moved down there, there was a thing called the Philadelphia Pike, and the Philadelphia Pike preceded I-95 on the East Coast, and the Philadelphia Pike was from Wilmington to Philadelphia and through this part of southern, southeastern Pennsylvania. When we moved down, I, was a little, it was, I went to a little Catholic school that was only about, I guess, probably a half a mile from where we moved to, an apartment complex that we moved into. It was easy enough to walk to, but let me just, let me just play the clip of it. Hold on. Here's the clip of it. Oh. Oh, no volume. Frost. I remember this. Frost. You know what was happening? You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. Okay. <laughs> we got. We... <laughs> oh, I love it. But now check this one out. It was, oh, all right. I went to school about a half quarter mile, a mile up the road on this thing called the Philadelphia Pike. And mom used to drive us up because it was a very busy highway and we'd drop us off. And, and on those days early on, when uh, there'd be the first frost, you'd turn on the windshield wipers, not a joke, and there'd be an oil slick on the window. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening? You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. Literally an oil slick on the front windshield. So I think it's one of the reasons I had childhood asthma. <laughs> so you've got two comparisons right there, right? You've got, I've got asthma, I've got cancer, and now we've got uh, this one here. Uh, well, there's still, and by the way, this is the same story. It says right here, but every time the frost would come up, uh, we turn on the windshield wipers and you get an oil slick, not a joke. He even uses the, not a joke. Yeah. Like all three times, not a joke, not a joke. Yes, it is a joke, dude. Anytime Joe Biden, he like, he, he, he like pull, uh, not pulls his punches. He, um, what's the term when you, when you have a tell like in poker, you have a tell. Oh yeah. 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 That's the term. Yeah. That's his tell. Yeah. Not a joke. Or I'm not kidding, man. Anytime he says that, he's 100% making shit up. 100%. It's not a joke, an oil slick. And so we became aware of the issue, the pollution really starkly on early on, excuse me. Well, there's still tens of thousands of people in America who get up and have a figurative or literal oil slick on their windows getting up. 
And we are talking, we are talking on the way out here, Nancy and I, and that is, you know, that is we're doing this for our grandkids. This is the last, and there is an ex existential threat. It is climate. We have a crazy SOB like that guy Putin and others, and we always have to worry about nuclear conflict, but the existential threat to humanity is climate. This guy is insane, man. I mean, he's literally not there. He has like three stories. He's got the, the story on the Amtrak, you know, the one where he, he, he meets the guy, Joey Baby and all that crap, and the, the guy that hasn't been at Amtrak forever. Uh, mm -hmm. He's got, you know, this story here where he's told, excuse me, three separate times. I, dude, asthma, cancer. The, the story about himself being a uh, professor. Oh, yeah. When I was a professor at, at the University of, oh, was it Pittsburgh? Uh, oh, Pennsylvania. Um, Pennsylvania. He has the story about uh, Bo dying in I I Iraq. Yep. Yeah, that one That one kind of irks me a little bit. I, I, this I don't guy has lied about everything in his life for the last 50 years. I don't think that he has any understanding of what he actually did. Yep. I, I couldn't believe that when I was reading that this morning. I was like, I was like, hold on, hold on. This has to be like an old article that got republished because people literally there were side by side comparisons. I think Town Hall put it out. Uh, you know, they they clipped it and put it together, the side by side of him saying the same exact story. And one time he got cancer, the other time he got uh asthma. So, mm -hmm. you know, and that that broke the internet. Joe Biden has cancer, broke the internet. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into this because this is another interesting clip here. This is from Scripps News talking about this, this fundraiser. Speaking last night at a fundraiser in San Francisco, the president called Putin, quote, a crazy SOB. He also took aim at former President Trump's mental fitness for comparing himself to Alexei Navalny, who, of course, is the Russian opposition leader who recently died suddenly in a Russian prison. Trump said, like Navalny, he too is being persecuted by a communist or fascist government. President Biden called that a ludicrous notion and went on to say, quote, if I stood here 10, 15 years ago and said any of this, you'd all think I should be committed. <laughs> <laughs> the irony of Joe Biden saying that Trump is mentally unfit and then saying that if he stood there and say it, you, you would think that he should be committed. If Joe Biden made a comparison between him and Navalny, that would be like the most believable thing that he's probably said in the last, you know, year or so. I, I, I wouldn't even question it. I'd be like, okay, this guy's just whatever. Oh, man. But I want to let's see. Hold on here. Where did it go? Because I had the tweets, there, there were tweets up uh, where Navalny compared himself yes. to Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah, here it is right here. Navalny, on January 9th, 2021, if you replace Trump with Navalny in today's discussion, you will get an 80% accurate Kremlin's answer as to why my name can't be mentioned on Russian TV and I shouldn't be allowed to participate in any elections. This precedent will be exploited by the enemies of free speech around the world, in Russia as well. Every time when they need to silence someone, they will say, quote, this is just common practice. Even Trump got blocked on Twitter. So, I mean, Joe Biden, commit him, man. Commit him. He said it, right? Commit him. The Navalny thing's been um, very interesting because of how obviously uh, contrived it is. I spent five hours on my podcast this week, like going through the Navalny thing 
from for the last 10 years, like what his actual history is. You know, he's got associations with all kinds of different extremist groups. His own group was labeled an extremist group. There are parallel groups set up all over the world, you know, fighting against government corruption. That's what they call it. These are uh, basically just groups like BLM Antifa that facilitate color revolutions and destabilizations in countries that aren't going along with the global regime's agenda. And it seems like there's a lot of uh, issues related to that that are converging around this same point in time. You know, we hear every day about the funding for these proxy wars in Ukraine, Israel, and then eventually Taiwan. They want to get that money in. At the same time, Volodymyr Zelensky is firing the commander in chief of his military. Victoria Newland arrives in Ukraine. He hires a new guy, and that new guy immediately proceeds to retreat from Avdiivka, which was one of their strongholds in this ethnic civil war for the past 10 years. Um, Joe Biden came out this morning to announce quote unquote sanctions against 500 different, 500 plus different Russian targets, all on the basis of this Navalny thing. And it turns out that this is something that they have been discussing now for two years. They basically have all these frozen, frozen Russian assets that they want to seize. They want to take people's money because they decided these people can't have money anymore because of the Ukraine war. Now they're going to do it because of Alexei Navalny. And they're going to take this money and then direct it to all their friends who aren't able to get their Ukraine funding. So we have just all these events converging. And then we have Navalny's wife being propped up as the uh, as the replacement for Navalny. Joe Biden actually met with her in California, you know, or so we're told. She on the day that Navalny died, she presented before the Munich Security Conference. The announcement of Navalny's death, it seems to me, came out early. It was posted on the prison's website, and then the news went wide to the world, and you ended up with Biden and even Navalny's own wife giving remarks about Navalny's death while not being sure that Navalny had died. And, uh, and so all that's very strange. Then she went from the Munich Security Conference and traveled to California to meet with Joe Biden. And the excuse, of course, is that she had to fly there to see and support her daughter who attends Stanford. Her daughter, by the way, their daughter, by the way, has no Russian accent to speak of. She sounds completely and totally American. His entire story about being poisoned was made up by this quasi-intel agency called Bellingcat that presents itself as journalists. They did a study that proved um, Putin's guys poisoned a man named Sergei Skripal in, uh, in the UK with a nerve agent called Novichok that they say is like this, um, you know, undetectable Russian nerve agent that they use for assassinations. Well, it was also available in Ukrainian bio labs. We're now getting more news about these bio labs. And so Bellingcat took the idea of Novichok. And by the way, there's an Oscar winning CNN documentary called Navalny that lays all this out. They basically document Bellingcat and Navalny working together to solve who poisoned Navalny already knowing that it's Vladimir Putin and then proving that it's Vladimir Putin. But they do all that based on the also unproven Skripal uh, poisoning. 
So Skripal is poisoned. They search down the Novichok. They find that one uh, Russian uh, research facility might have had Novichok. So then they uh, they basically track everybody involved with that facility. That leads them back to a set of guys who they call potential Russian intelligence. And then they prank phone call these guys pretending to be their uh, superiors in this operation. And one of them just admits the entire thing that they lined the crotch of Alexei Navalny's underwear with Novichok and he put those underwear on and then got poisoned on the airplane. No one else was poisoned. No one in the medical facilities was poisoned. Putin poisoned him, but then Putin decided to release his body and they flew his body to Germany. The entire story is ridiculous. The, the other part of that story, by the way, is that the wife forced Navalny to go back to Russia. This part is still um, a bit speculative. I'm waiting to find out uh, to get some more support for this. But it seems like his wife is being is basically being propped up as a Manchurian candidate to replace this other Manchurian candidate. The story is absolutely wild. But anyway, uh, I disagree with that as somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat. Yeah. Not here, but, you know, other places. True. Yeah. You saw the piece on you saw you saw the exclusive that Gateway had with Wesley Clark, the, the former general that was talking about coups. I have not seen that yet. I did see the headline. I dropped it in my information stream. I'm getting out onto that uh, after we do this. I mean, if it's worth it, go ahead and play it right here. But yeah, no, no, no. I mean, there, there's there's nothing there's nothing like you'll have to read it. It's a lot more than something we could play in just a, a minute or so. But th right. th this guy Navalny, I mean, w w what the CIA, the intelligence opera uh, uh, apparatus here in the United States, abroad, everywhere, when you have a, a guy like Navalny. And, and this guy thinks that he's going to be like some, you know, populist uh, uh, movement on the left and, and bring back, you know, uh, good values and end corruption in Russia, yada, 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 and all that bullshit. You got to understand that you're a martyr, man. Like if you fail at your mission, you will become a martyr. If it, And I, I don't know, man. I, I If I was Navalny's wife over here talking to Joe Biden, hell no. Like get me the... I would be living in, in Switzerland somewhere up in the Alps, you know, the Swiss Alps somewhere just staying as far away from all of this as possible. Well, yeah. And the fact that that's not happening, you know, they're portraying that as a, a sign of her strength. Ugh. No one ever mentions the fact that there is an election in Russia in three weeks and that all of this is leading up toward that. They want a color revolution based on the assassination of Alexei Navalny. This is supposed to be something that, you know, nobody in Russia is buying this story, but the rest of the world is like yes. wrapped attention on the Alexei Navalny thing. I mean, yeah. Vladimir Putin, Alexei Navalny does not represent a credible opposition to Vladimir Putin in Russia. He has like 2% support. Most reports say that, that the Russian people have no idea who Alexei Navalny even is. And Putin's actual political opposition is the Russian Communist Party, which gets like 20% in their elections. And, you know, say what you want, but not every not every country, not every political situation in the world is uh, some sort of 50-50 electoral contest. That is a creation of uh, a fraudulent system. When there is not an election fraud system and we when we are not 
just in a completely false reality as we are in the United States. People aren't actually all that divided about what they want out of their politics. I mean, the idea that we have two different parties and that they represent opposing interests and that they also represent the interests of all Americans divided evenly down the middle, all that is preposterous. The Democrat and Republican Party are the exact same thing. And when everybody recognizes that, which is coming, I mean, this awakening is real. It's happening. When people realize the elections are stolen, they're going to realize really quickly, oh, wait, we don't have any control over this. It's not just that the Democrats are bad and that the Republicans are good. It's that the entire system is corrupted from the ground up. And the only way to fix that is by actually coalescing and unifying around the truth. And when that happens over the course of... uh over the course of years, 80% majorities against a communist party in opposition. That seems like the natural state of things. Yeah, I want to I want to jump into this and get get your take on this. And just another thing that Trump said the other day when he was on that Ingram town hall, that's kind of bothering me a little bit. Uh, so we have this from Reuters. Trump breaks silence on Navalny, casts no blame on Putin. Uh, Donald Trump on Monday made his first public comment on the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny in a social media post that cast no blame but alluded to his own legal woes, which we, we talked about. He said, quote, the sudden death of Alexei Navalny has made me more and more aware of what is happening in our country. It is a slow, steady progression with crooked, radical left politicians, prosecutors and judges leading us down a path to destruction. Open borders, rigged elections and grossly unfair courtroom decisions are destroying America. We are a nation in decline, a failing nation, MAGA 2024. It was not clear what similarities Trump was trying to draw with Russia's most prominent opposition leader. Navalny, 47, fought for years against what he called vast corruption in Putin's Russia, ruled by, quote unquote, crooks and thieves. Now, I, I, I don't think it's unintentional that Trump did not blame Putin on this. I mean, I think anybody with common sense and half a brain knows that it would do Putin no benefit whatsoever to to assassinate Navalny in a Serbian prisoner. Was he in, uh, was he in Serbia? Siberia. Or Siberia, Serbia. Siberia, I'm sorry. Uh, in a Siberian prison. I don't know why I said Serbia. I got, I got dominion on the brain. Um, yeah. I mean, again, all of the, I, the, the entire justification for believing that Putin assassinated Navalny and is somehow responsible for his death is based on the belief that Putin tried assassinating him the first time and tried poisoning him. There is no proof whatsoever anywhere that that is true. The only proof that is true exists in the Oscar-winning CNN documentary where they literally went over to film Alexei Navalny and Bellingcat discovering that Putin poisoned him. Alexei Navalny, the, his poisoning happened, his reaction to the poisoning happened on a plane he started moaning on a plane and was already being filmed at that point. The, the, the entire story is so unbelievable. And, you know, normies would think there is absolutely no way the news could get something so wrong. There's no way that they could just make up this story from the ground up. And the thing is, yes, of course they did. This is exactly what happened. And you can look at Bellingcat. I mean, not to belabor this too much, but Bellingcat and Alexei Navalny were both in different manners funded by aspects of the U.S. government and the National Endowment for Democracy. One of, you know, a lot of people saw that video uh, that George Papadopoulos had kind of sent and made viral 
where um, supposedly Alexei Navalny was meeting with someone from the British embassy. It was actually uh, one of Alexei Navalny's associates, but that person was straight up asking for 10 to $20 million from the British government so that they could uh, put that money toward overthrowing um, Vladimir Putin's regime through color revolution techniques. And that was back in 2012, I believe. So this has been a long um, an extended operation where they're propping Alexei Navalny up as if he is, uh, they, I think that they were basically trying to make a Barack Obama out of him. You're muted. While CanCon is muted, I'm going to let you guys know that if you want to hear those Navalny uh, podcasts, the link is right there on the screen. I'm your moderator.substack.com. You're, yeah, you're still a professional, that. buddy. I'm trying to I'm, no, I'm trying to work a, a video that I have a clip here, and I, I was going to move it around because there's two parts from this clip that I wanted to focus on, and one ties into what we're talking about right now. But I'll just go ahead and play the whole thing because I, I jacked that up. But before we do that, we have to jump into our next sponsor, ladies and gentlemen. Cool. And we've got Mid-Atlantic Business Alliance. With renewal season and open enrollment behind us, it's important to note that Mid-Atlantic Business Alliance is still trying to enable you to enroll in the Cigna PPO insurance plans. David Becker and his son Jesse of Mid-Atlantic Business Alliance are here to help you get the best possible PPO insurance coverage at affordable rates. If you think the cost of groceries has exploded, you should see what hospitals are charging these days. Without the proper PPO protection, you could be liable for tens of thousands of dollars in the event of a surgery or hospital stay. Mid-Atlantic Business Alliance has been helping small businesses and self-employed individuals save money and get the best possible insurance protection since 1990. Having a great nationwide network like Cigna will help you keep your costs down while providing the highest level of coverage. Call David to get a free quote today at 609-577-8557 or visit badlandsmedia.tv slash Becker. Again, that's 609-577-8557, badlandsmedia.tv slash Becker. Becker. And of course, David Becker, a uh, uh, avid listener of Badlands Media. He, I'm, We had the opportunity to meet him at several of the guards now, and uh, he's just a really awesome guy to to talk to so he it's funny he's more he's more interested like i wanted to talk about insurance because you know this is self-employed individual i gotta you know try and figure stuff out and uh he was more interested in talking about the politics and everything going on so uh, <laughs> making a sale david make the sale man um all right let's go ahead and jump into our next sponsor here this is going to be a, a kind of a relatively short show we went through a little bit quicker than i thought and uh ladies and gentlemen that's not the right video there it is are you guys concerned about the six trillion dollars at stake in the upcoming 2024 election the wall street journal has reported a critical issue the looming decision on extending tax cuts scheduled to expire after 2025 republicans advocate for extending trump's tax tax cuts while the democrats lean towards letting them expire and increasing taxes on top earners and corporations potentially creating a massive six trillion dollar gap but fear not there's a way to protect yourself from this impending threat join the thousands of hard-working americans who are taking proactive steps to safeguard their savings visit badlandsgold.com to claim your free 2024 gold and silver kit and fortify everything you've worked for you may even qualify for up to 10 percent back in bonus silver but hurry supplies are limited don't leave your financial future to chance act now to diversify and shield your savings against the uncertainties ahead get your free 2024 gold and silver kit today at badlandsgold.com and take control of your financial destiny and i am a hoarder of silver i love 
silver, man. I think there's got so much good use for it, industrial use, et cetera, et cetera. All right, let's jump into this clip. And like I said, I was playing with it before the show, so it might be off here. Who we like all day long, but at the end of the day, if who you like can't win, do you get there beyond? Okay, here it is. All right, so Nikki Haley joined uh, Fox News to talk about her utterly failing primary run. And uh, she had, well, first off, she tells a flat out lie, and we're going to get into that. But this was just hilarious right here. Check this clip out. Oh, ball a mess. And we cannot so take four more years of Joe Biden. How, how do you get there? <clears throat> the, this Saturday, the primary, how do you get there beyond the state when you haven't won a state yet? How do you win your first state? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing to say I haven't won a state yet. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get there when you haven't won a state yet? It's amazing to say that I haven't won a state. You literally ran in Nevada and lost to none of these candidates. <laughs> That's Trump wasn't even on the ballot and you yeah. still lost. That's like when Ron DeSantis lost all the debates to Trump and he wasn't there. Yeah, but see that uh, <laughs> and I'm with you. I'm with you on that 100%, but that's opinion. This is fact. And I've got a lot. Of, we're going to cover election, uh, the Nevada election yeah. a little bit tonight on why we vote, because there's a major problem there. And I've got huge issues with Nevada and, and probably the same exact issue in other states as well. But Nikki Haley, just she has no shame. Like, she's literally like, it's not fair to say I haven't won a state yet, but you haven't won a state yet. So it's it is fair. Let's hear her explanation. You've only had three states that have voted. Well, it's not amazing. We need South to go Carolina's ahead and let these winner take all. I mean, it, it's it's yeah, but it's, we need to let she's going to pick up more delegates. South Carolinians have not voted yet. South Carolinians have not voted yet. Fair. Look, if if you and everybody else tells me to get out of this race, I'm not it telling be you the anything. longest general election race in history. Keep in mind, 70 percent of Americans have said they don't want Trump or Biden. They are the sure. most disliked politicians in America. 60 percent of Americans have said Donald Trump's too old and Joe Biden's too old to run for president. We have to win. And we need a new generational leader that can put in eight years of hard work day mm -hmm. and night, making sure we get things done. No drama, no vendettas, just results for the American people. I'm determined to go to every single state and give people the right. If 70 percent don't want Trump or Biden, let them mm -hmm. have another option. Let's let them vote. Let's let this play out. Ten days after South Carolina, 20 plus states and territories will vote. Let's let that happen. Uh, real quickly, and I'm going to ask my team for grace on this. Saturday, February 24th, the same day as your primary, is two years exactly to the date that the war started when Russia invaded Ukraine. <laughs> wondering, you know, with 48% of Americans in a recent poll saying that they thought we didn't need to spend more, that we spent too much already, they want to do, know exactly where the dollars are going to Ukraine. With that kind of headwind, you have advocated for continued aid for Ukraine. Can you make that case and can you convince people to see it your way? Well, first of all, I think we should never govern by the polls. I think we need to tell people the hard truths. I blame Joe Biden because he has. Okay, I'm going to stop this several times throughout this. Go ahead, Chris. I see you want to. Well, I mean, it, saying that we should never govern by the polls is a weird thing to say when she just based her entire candidacy on polls that 
anyone knows are nonsense. The idea that there's 70% of the country that doesn't want to see Trump or Biden run again. Now, the or is the problem there. How many Republicans don't want to see Donald Trump run again? 10%. Those Maybe people aren't less. even going to be Republicans in a little while. You know, like, and it doesn't matter because he still has this massive chunk of the country that does want him to run again. That is why he's dominating in the primaries. The polling that has him and Biden together and says both of them are too old or both of them are, you know, no one wants to deal with it when it's both of them. That doesn't actually uh, translate into anything. It doesn't translate into anyone beating Donald Trump in a primary or a general election. This is so silly. So to to to, to justify her continuance in this in this uh, campaign on the basis of polls, and then to say that the polls don't matter is preposterous. I mean, I, they don't matter, but don't use them to justify other things like that. Then you're spot on. You can't go from seventy percent don't want Trump to polls don't matter. We have to tell them the hard truth. Uh, the other problem I have with that is uh, we are a government of for and by the people. And so, you know, under the assumption that these troll uh, that these polls have a shred of accuracy and I got I get yelled at every time I bring up polls, even though I made it perfectly clear that it's narrative. Um, the people don't want funding for Ukraine. I mean, you can go out and just ask people. And this isn't just this isn't just a Republican Democrat issue any longer. It, it was for a while. It was. You still had your rhinos that are like fun Ukraine and you still do. You still have and they're not even rhinos at this point. They're like straight up neocon establishment, warmongering, you know, shills like Nikki Haley that still support this. But if you go and ask your average neighbor, hey, do you are you OK with sending more money to Ukraine in this next bill than we use to fund the United States Marine Corps? Are you OK with that? Like the whole funding, the whole funding of the United States Marine Corps, we're sending more than that in this one bill over to Ukraine. And that's in addition to the 100 billion we've already sent over there. Are you okay with that? And they say no. And they say no. The only people still touting this are the likes of this warmongering Boeing. I, I, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna use yeah, some language, but. This, is, this is the uniparty, this is what they do. Neoconservatives, there's nothing conservative about neoconservatism. Neoconservatism is an outgrowth of, uh, it's just Trotsky. It is just militaristic communism. And uh, the idea that that in any way represents a conservative movement in the United States is preposterous. There, There is no backing for her ideology. I mean, she's got to keep pushing it forward and pretending that people actually want it. But no, right. I mean, man, I, I, I can't wait to see how these next two weeks develop. I mean, this is really we are um, getting into crunch time. Next week, next Friday is the first deadline on this, you know, the spending bill that was pushed back from January 19th. And the week following that is the second deadline that was pushed back from February 2nd. So Mike Johnson made these moves. They're trying to wrap in this, uh, the spending for these proxy wars. They're going to try to wrap in the spending for the border package which they pretend is going to close up the border. It won't. They just want more money for surveillance. They want uh, more money for personnel to facilitate the uh, the global slave trade. And I don't know if people realize this, but they are building um, essentially what are concentration camps in, in uh, Central America and in Northern South America 
that they are using as processing facilities so that they can deal with more of the processing aspects for the global slave trade and and don't then have to handle it at the border. They can just bring these people to the border and release them immediately because they have already been processed in Central America. None of these, by the way, are asylum claims by definition. Asylum claims are supposed to uh, be made in the next country that can be reached by the person seeking asylum. Like you're not supposed to, to travel from Peru to the United States for asylum. You're supposed to travel from Peru to the next closest country who will provide you um, safety and asylum. Right. So the entire basis for all of this is nonsense. The faster people wake up to it, the better. Spot on. I just saw this morning that uh, they're they're building a uh, a bridge now in the Darien Gap to make the mm -hmm. the, the, the pass easier. Uh, you know, they, they go on talking about, um, uh, you know, the NGOs down there handing out maps to these people. I mean, you're you're now complicit if you're handing out maps, telling these people how to get to the United States, the best routes to take, you know, the bus, the bus routes, you know, funding this. You are either you're, you're participating in one of two things. Either you're participating in the insurrection of the United States. Mm -hmm. the, well, the invasion of the United States, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think it's an insurrection by the politicians and the the American citizens uh, that are elected officials that are, you know, kind of promoting this uh, an invasion by the actual people that are doing it or you're uh, participating in humans uh, struggling in this and the slave trade, like you said. Um, all right, right, let's keep that going. Link up that I just sent you just so that people Hold can uh, say that again. To pull up that uh, that link I just sent so that people can get a sense of what this is. This is uh, a year ago that they began okay. setting up these uh, these processing centers. Like, why are we building uh, concentration camps, essentially, in um, Central and South America? American corporations are getting paid to do this. The government is uh, sponsoring this. This is absolute madness. Columbia? Yeah, man. In Colombia. Yeah. That's not even in a continent. Wow. I didn't know they were building them in Colombia. Jeez. Wait, wait till we find out. That, uh, I mean, I should look this up before saying it. I understand that people get pissed off at me when I when I do things like this, but I don't care, obviously. Um, wait till we find out they have those in Africa that we, we probably do. Somebody can look it up right wow. now. Post it in the chat if you find it. But this is a global slave trade. They have global migration programs connected to the United Nations. These are non-governmental organizations that operate all across the world. We have uh, our, this global regime goes in and devastates these countries and people in these countries then want to leave because there's no work. They bring in drugs, they bring in guns, they bring in violence, they devastate and destabilize these countries. And then people want to leave so that they can have an economic future. And, uh, and they, enter this slave trade. They're told right. that they're going to have everything paid for. You're going to get housing. You're going to get medical care. You're going to get food. You're going to have a job that pays you uh, so that you can live. And we're going to take you to the United States. You're going to get all these um, bonuses there. And of course, why wouldn't they do this? I mean, if, if we are a society that uh, just ignores the fact that we are importing millions of slaves per year, what do we expect? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm tracking on my phone, guys, or or or, or lady, ma'am. 
I'm tracking on my phone. We'll cover it as soon as we get through this. I got to cover a little bit more on this on this little clip here because Haley is going to flat out lie here, and it's a really gross uh, misrepresentation or, or or twisting a semantical twist of what's said here. But um, I had to reset this. Well, first of all, okay, I think we are at the right place. We should never govern by the polls. I think we need to tell people the hard truths. I blame Joe Biden because he has never once told the American people why they should care about Ukraine. And I think we have to look at the fact that I don't think we should give cash to any country, friend or enemy, because you can't follow it and you can't hold it accountable. But in this situation, the reason it matters so much, Harris, is because Putin has said once he takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. Those are NATO countries that immediately puts America at war. This is about preventing war. We should give them the equipment and ammunition they need to win. It is only three and a half percent of our defense budget, and it saves us in the long run from having to send more resources or any of our men and women to do that. We don't want war. We've got to prevent it. And I'll tell you what was really dangerous is you had Donald Trump go and say that he would side with Putin over those NATO countries he didn't say that, that aren't pulling their weight. He never and said he that. He even doubled down and said he would encourage Putin to invade those countries that aren't he didn't say that pulling either. their weight. We can't have that kind of language. Wait till Faulkner slaps her right here. Because you've got to look at the fact that Trump just sided with a thug that kills well, his political opponents. He just sided with a man who goes and arrests American journalists and holds yeah. them hostage. He sided with him over the allies who stood with us. Wait at for it. Ambassador, Let's I, I understand that you that you take it that way and that that's what you heard. Um, and we'll have to see how all of this plays out. This president didn't have an invasion by Putin on his watch. The only one in recent presidents. So there is that to be <laughs> uh, I mean, hold on. We're going to go through real quick and then we're going to jump into this breaking story that Ash is incessantly texting me. My phone is still ringing right now. Um, Ash, I got it. We're, we're going to cover this in a second in real time. All right. This is this is pretty exciting stuff. Thank you for sending that. This is huge. But before we get into that, uh, so she she brings up that Putin quote right here and I had to track it down this morning. It's from January of this year. And it says, first off, Putin didn't say it. Putin did not say it. It was uh, an associate of him, Zuravlyov. I can never say these Russian names. He said, quote, another question is to you guys, is to you, guys in the West, what are you doing about it? And I don't know what the context of about it means. It says they understand very well that Ukraine is finished, referring to the West. And what, what is he saying here? That Ukraine is not going to win this war, guys. It's not going to happen. So what's next? Sweden is getting ready, and so are the Balkans. The polls have quieted down a bit. They probably started to realize that they are next. Of course, we have no illusions, but we understand that all of them are getting ready for the next stage of war. So what he's saying right here is that NATO, the United States, Joe Biden, Nikki Haley, they're all preparing. I mean, if you look at if you look at Trump, when uh, when Trump said, you know, I, I, you know, whatever, whatever Putin wants to do, if he wants to invade NATO, they're not paying their fair share. We're not going to. And then the next day, uh, Schultz comes out and says Germany's going to pay its two percent. Right. And we mm -hmm. celebrated that. I thought that was a pretty, pretty interesting uh, strategy for Trump to encourage them to pay their fair share. But if you actually read the justification for it, they're doing that in pre preparation for World War Three. They say we're going to build, rebuild our stockpiles and all this stuff. We're going to get it back up. And that's what he's saying right here. This guy, Zuralov, is saying the West is preparing. 
but we're not going to do anything. We're, we have no illusions of, of invading Poland. They can barely deal with Ukraine. You think they're going to take on 31 NATO countries? Are you out of your mind? But there's Nikki Haley just pushing that propaganda bullshit, man. Um, yeah, I, you know, I just sent you a, uh, a link from, uh, a, uh, a news outlet in Belarus. Uh, they are reporting that, uh, Lukashenko, the, uh, president of Belarus basically warned the world that, uh, you know, he and Putin, Putin used the language in the Tucker Carlson interview, the special services. Those are basically the, uh, the state departments and intelligence services, um, talking about how there is going to be essentially a false flag in Poland. So that kind of aligns with what was just being said in that article as well. You know, they are trying to make this a much broader war to justify uh, action against Putin. Putin seems to be, Russia seems to be their uh, kind of lifelong adversary and they are essentially losing everywhere right now and basically think maybe this is our opportunity to take down Putin and re and turn the tides of this whole conflict. But seems like they're getting beat at every turn, at least narratively speaking. And I mean, I guess also in anything kinetic, you know, to the extent that that's happening. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into this now. We've got breaking news. Thank you so much to Ash for sending this over to me. Although I think I it took me like I have like 15 messages, so I'm just going off the, the the tweet you sent me. I can't read the messages right now because I'd be sitting here with dead air for a long time. But Technofog is reporting Trump's attorneys have special prosecutor Nathan Wade's cell phone data, at least 35 visits to Fannie Willis's condo before the relationship started, 2,000 calls, 12,000 texts between Wade and Willis in 2021, late night hookup calls or hookups after calls from Willis. Bad news for Willis. And from the documents, it says conservative analysis using the above reference modality revealed a minimum of 35 occasions when Mr. Wade's phone connected for an extended period to either one of these, those towers in close proximity to the dogwood address based upon associated data use, voice calls or text messages. The report revealed over 2000 voice calls and just under 12,000 text messages exchanged over the 11th month period in 2021. Following a call from Miss Willis at 11.32 p.m., while the call continued, his phone left the East Cobb area just after midnight and arrived within the geofence located on the Dogwood address at 12.43 on November 30th, 2021. Bow, wow, Fanny getting that Fanny. The phone how, remained there until 4.55 a.m. How uh, How is this information being acquired? And I, I, I'm my first reaction is, I don't know why we're celebrating this. I mean, what in the world are we doing using um, cell phone tracking to figure out where uh, adults are? Now, if she's being um, hold on, this is some it, sort this, of go this ahead. is in a court proceeding, though. This isn't this isn't like they just randomly did this. It, if this was the evidence used to bring up this issue, then I'd have major problems with this. When when yeah, so how was this evidence procured? And by the way, I mean. Well, all, all of this, this is like, um, this is like icing on a grand retard cake. I mean, I, I, I went through this Fanny thing at length last week. It is pretty clear that she is being taken down from her own side to me. And we are all here yeah. celebrating that Fanny Willis is going to be taken off this case. 
I'm not exactly sure why we are celebrating that. I mean, if it's justice we're after, this is not going to bring justice. They will either replace her with someone else or dismiss the case, not allowing Trump to actually prove his innocence, which he, of course, can do. That will have then only meant that for six months we have dealt longer than six months, but six months since the indictment, we'll have dealt with this RICO proceeding hanging over Trump's head. You know, the indictment itself had a false start. It was released on the court website, um, pulled back, and then Fanny had her primetime television show that night. Um, the indictment is this crazy RICO indictment. She has gotten two uh, pleas out of Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell. What happens with those if this is wiped away? There is no evidence in this case that could possibly ever prove Donald Trump guilty of anything. There is an opportunity in this case for Donald Trump to prove his innocence and to prove that the uh, elections were actually stolen. We would be, uh, that opportunity would be removed if this case goes away. Um, I actually expect that Fannie Willis is going to be kept on this case and that we are going to continue getting evidence that would suggest she must be removed and we would be getting that evidence from her own side in order to get rid of her and maybe replace her with someone who can kind of breathe new life into this case. I, I don't I don't know. This is this seems like uh, one of those um, rakes that we are going to go walk outside and step on and then it smacks us right in the face and because we're like running after like where Fanny was in the middle of the night. I don't know, man. Something something about this seems very, very off to me. Dude, I called this like a month ago. I said that this case is going to implode over this I, and, and they're going to celebrate it. The Democrats are going to say, oh, there was plenty of evidence, but they went after Fannie and yeah. the Republicans are going to say, hey, we got rid of her. Vote for us again. This is all this is all dog and pony. I'm yep. just the reason I'm excited about this is because I really dislike Fannie Willis after watching that 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 hearing. I really. So, so it's a little personal. You are right, though. And, and based on the Newsweek article, let me pull this up here. It says, uh, the Newsweek article says Trump gets new evidence in Fannie case. And it says, uh, one of the proposed exhibits that Trump's attorney submitted include an affidavit from a private investigator who analyzed Wade's cell phone location data. Now, that, that is a great point. How did he get that data? Did they have this data before, uh, the, before these proceedings? You know, or was this part of a subpoena? Was this part of, you know, um, you know, information that was lawfully obtained warrants and everything else, or is this just information that people are able to get on their own? Cause if that's the case, I'm with you a hundred percent. Yep. I'm with you a hundred percent. So, okay. So there we go. So Trump had a private investigator and wait a second. Why are, you know, is this McAfee's, uh, attorneys who are getting, who submitted that, uh, that motion or are or not McAfee's attorneys, sorry, um, Michael Roman's attorneys who submitted that motion because these keep being because we keep hearing Trump's attorneys, Trump's attorneys. But Ashley Merchant is not Trump's attorney. She's right. Michael Roman's attorney. Right. The woman handling um, the Fannie hearing last week, the questioning of Nathan Wade, the questioning of Fannie's father. That, as far as I know, is Michael Roman's attorney and not Trump's attorney. So, again, this is the same source from which these original claims came. The, the Bradley claims about uh, Nathan Wade and Fonnie Willis's relationship in the first place, that didn't come from Trump. That came from Michael Roman. Now, is Michael Roman a uh, 
a faithful Trump ally? Quite possibly. I don't know much about Ashley Merchant, except that she used to be a TV lawyer on MSNBC. Um, yeah, everything about this is suspicious to me. And the idea that we can just use cell phone tracking information, uh, gosh, man, that's a lot. I mean, I, I assume that all our information will be publicly available at some point. There was a South Park episode on it like 10 years ago about how just one day the internet was just completely open with all our private information, all our pictures, all our texts, all our locations there for everyone to see. I mean, I try to prepare myself for that moment, just understanding that it's possible. We are now um, applauding what could eventually be our own demise. And it makes me, uh, I, I am disappointed whenever I see that. Well, again, I'll, I'll, I'll say again, I, I want to know first uh, what the what the scope of how they, you know, obtain this is. Um, where is, oh, here it is. There it is. January 12th. January 12th, I said that. The Fulton Rico case is about to implode. It's 100% mm -hmm. deliberate. If this case goes to trial, it would expose the 2020 fraud in Fulton County. It would destroy the MSN parroting for the last three years as the safest. Flag it again. It's going to go down. It's going to go yeah. down. And well, it might. You know, I, I kind of think that I th kind of think that what we're going to see, and obviously I could be wrong. We'll find out in the very near future. Um, it seems like she's maybe just going to be kept in place as someone who is kind of already uh, totally neutralized. I think that we're still going to see Biden uh, be the you know presidential nominee in this fake election, despite all of his corruption. I don't think Robert Menendez is going to be removed. I think that we're going to go through these very important issues and elections with people who are very clearly corrupt and compromised. And it's just going to be uh, all that more obvious to the standard issue villagers out there that something is quite wrong with our system. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we'll have more on that tonight on, uh, on why we vote. Be sure to join us tonight. Ash and I are going to host Amber Connor, uh, who has uh, been on the ground in Georgia covering this case, the curling case. We're also going to have Colonel Sean Smith as well as Clay Preak joining us tonight. It's going to be a huge show. We're going to have a lot of, a lot of stuff to cover. Might even have to, you know, Maybe see if we can go a little bit longer. I don't know, because that's a lot. We got a lot to talk about tonight. But um, let's go ahead and jump into our next sponsor before we get into these next couple stories here. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the Patriot Trainer up here. Badlanders, it's time to rebel against the system and the powers that be that don't want us healthy. They thrive on us being sick, overweight, and dependent. They've been manipulating our food, infusing it with chemicals that cripple, cripple our metabolism, making it almost impossible for us to burn fat and stay healthy, enter the Patriot Trainer. With 15 years of experience as a personal trainer and health sciences researcher, Dan Lyons created a course that's a weapon against the deceit of the elites. You'll learn the science behind the, the these metabolism-destroying chemicals, how to avoid them, detoxify your body, and ultimately repair your metabolism. This Nutrition for Freedom course is a fortress of knowledge for those who've been labeled as science deniers. This course equips you with real, untainted science preparing you for any debate about nutrition and weight loss. Take control and ignite the torch of health and independence. Visit badlandsmedia.tv trainer and enter promo code BADLANDS for 20% off the Nutrition for Freedom course from Pat uh, Patriot Trainer. I almost said Patel Patriot. That's badlandsmedia.tv trainer, promo code BADLANDS. 
and uh, pair that up with Field of Greens and you're good to go on the health. And then make sure you get with David Becker in case something does come up. And then Gold Co. to make sure that you guys are financially secured. Today's just like a, a futures planning show, man. We got everything today. <laughs> All right, let's jump into this uh, story here. It's not really a story. It's uh, uh, this guy, Mike Sapricone, is now going to be the, uh, the GOP nominee for the Senate race against uh, Gillibrand out there in New York. And uh, he, he tweets out yesterday, he said, it's an honor to be the New York Republican Party's nominee for the United States Senate. Make no mistake, our state is at a crossroads. It will require a strong and united Republican Party to prevent our state and our country from descending further into chaos. I have no doubt that we can do it. We are the party of Abraham Lincoln, the party of Ronald Reagan, and the party of President Donald Trump. This election year, voters will have a choice. They can choose socialism and government government control over every aspect of our lives, and they can choose freedom. I believe the American people will choose to vote Republican. Uh, this guy's a this guy's a, a shill, man. This guy right here, uh, Paul Ingracia, Gateway Pundit, puts out his corrupt AG, Letitia James, was making preparations to seize President Trump's assets and shut down his business. The New York State GOP-backed candidate, Mike Sapriacone, through his company, Squad Security, was donating thousands of dollars to AG Letitia James, and prior to James, disgraced former Governor Andrew Cuomo, to whom he donated at least $10,000 in 2019 before his own corruption scandal brought him down. Sapricone's business is confirmed by the address, 50 Charles Lindbergh, whatever. What an absolute disgrace. Somehow Ed Cox manages to outdo himself with a disastrous GOP nominee. Last week was crazy with Mozzie Phillips for Congress. This week, Letitia James' right-hand man, Sapricone, and you can see right there the, the documents uh, James, James for New York back on, uh, March 8th, 2022, uh, $1,000 from squad security. What the hell is wrong with New York, man? Like, how did this not come out? So the, that election I believe was, was last night and he won like 84%. He beat, um, Kara Castronova, who's a Newsmax, uh, host and also a writer at Gateway Pundit. And, uh, he beat her. She got 8% of the vote. And like, this just came out today. How the hell did that not come out sooner? I mean, there's election fraud, you know, like la last week we hear about how Mazzy Pillip is basically a, uh, a Democrat with a little, a little R next to her name. This guy sounds like he's a Democrat with a little R next to his name. We know that the New York Republicans that were, you know, everyone made such a big deal about them when they won in 2022. What's his name? Um, Michael something. Uh, the guy in like the, the Hudson Valley district that they made a big deal about, who's a complete cuck on absolutely everything. New York's elections are stolen. You know, analyzing these things as if they are legitimate elections is utterly pointless. The only thing to analyze is when people, Paul, Paul Ingracia is asking the right questions here, but watching people who are supposedly on our side treat elections as legitimate that is the, the thing that we can learn the most from uh, after hearing the reported results of these primaries. You know, hopefully stuff like this will get ironed out at some point and maybe uh, the results will be justified in some way. Maybe there's something that can be done about this in the future. But this is one of the problems with focusing all our attention on um, the Donald Trump election. What are we going to do with uh, all the other names with little R's next to them on the ballot when we go out and, 
you know, quote unquote, vote for Donald Trump and then, quote unquote, vote for all of the people with little R's next to their name and then get Donald Trump back in there with a bunch of people who are just uniparty right rhinos to subvert him again for another four years. People have not thought this all the way through. And it's very unfortunate because, uh, you know, we are coming up on that time where it actually matters um, what people decide to do. And we have just taken the most normie approach ever. And it's just, um, I don't know, it's a little bit disappointing to me, but luckily we have uh, still eight and a half months to to sort some of these things out and all of the awakening that will take place over that time. You're, you're, you hit the nail so hard on the head that it was one smack, <laughs> one smack and the nail is flush with the board. That's how perfect you were right there. I've been saying this for a long time. Separate your elections. Take your federal, state, and local elections on different days, completely separate. Don't don't let some Republican rhino in a Democrat or uh, some Democrat turn Republican in a, de in a in a Republican district ride the coattails of Donald Trump and turn out to be a guy like Phillips or, or a woman like Phillips or a guy like Sapricone here and and ride Donald Trump's coattails and then completely and totally subvert everything that he tries to do when he's in office. Take the R away from these people's names. Don't let these idiots that have no idea, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm calling them idiots. If you go out and you vote, and you vote for the top of the ticket, President Trump, your congressman and your senator, and then you go down ballot to people that you don't know who they are, and you vote for them just because they have an R next to your name, you are part of the problem. Now, I can understand the argument that this guy that this guy can make. Well, excuse me, that people will make. And that is that, oh, Donald Trump has donated to Democrats before. Well, Donald Trump ran a multi-billion dollar corporation. And this was before he was throwing his hat into the political ring. And he didn't turn around and say, you know, uh, I'm supporting such and such. He was his own man. He ran the party from day one. As soon mm -hmm. as he entered the race, he was he was, you know, primo numero uno. This guy, Sapricone, sitting there trying to ride his coattails. I, I explicitly read that thing about uh, Lincoln, the party of Lincoln, Reagan, and Trump because he's trying to ride the coattails of Trump when he was literally donating to the woman who was running specifically to target him. Okay? Mm -hmm. Th there is no excuse. If he, if he donated to Letitia James like 10 years ago, okay, maybe, maybe. If he donated to even the Cuomo donations, I can understand because the guy was part of a $3.3 million lawsuit, which he lost, where he uh, was accused of as a detective in, N in the NYPD. He was accused of um, Brady violations with with a defendant and he lost that lawsuit. He was a defendant. And it lost. You know, the, the city lost three point three million dollars. So perhaps the ten thousand then was to buy some, you know, favor political favorings from Cuomo when he was the governor of New York. I I, I could I could write that off. I, I don't like it. I don't sure. think it's ethical, moral, or anything like that, but you can explain that away. You can't explain away a thousand dollars to Letitia James, period. End of conversation. Especially when you're gonna turn around and say, Trump is my man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm going to back Trump. He's, this is the Republican party of Trump. It's disgusting, man. And New York, get your shit together. I know it's not you guys. You guys have stolen elections. We've had uh, New York city citizens audit, uh, New York citizens audit on the, why we vote many times. And uh, we will continue to have them on because your elections are corrupt as all hell. Yeah. I mean, Marley Hornick's work on that yes. is just, I mean, you will be convinced within 10 minutes. She knows exactly what she's talking about and is describing a system that cannot be uh, just overwhelmed with votes. Yep. I remember the first time and we were exposed to her was you and me when we were in Arizona 
Yeah. And, and we sat there and listened to her and both of us looked at each other like, holy shit. Yeah. You got to talk to this woman. Yeah. And for the people in the chat who think that this is blackpilling, grow up, you morons. Like, honestly, well, you're going to you're going to pretend that a problem doesn't exist because uh, admitting that there is a problem disappoints you temporarily. Like you got to fix it sooner or later. Why are you going to pretend the problem's not there? Like we have to get out of this mindset where just something is going to be fixed. Yeah. Getting things fixed requires noticing that they're wrong in the nope. first place. And if everyone notices that something is wrong and starts talking about it, that provides the motivation for people in positions to influence it, to actually try to fix it. The idea that just there's this program that's going to save us. If there is that program that is coming to save us, it requires us sharing the truth with each other. Any plan that requires us to lie about what the problems are is not a very good plan. And if that is the plan, all that plan intends to do is shift political power from one group of liars and uh, compromised corrupt people to another group of liars and compromised corrupt people. And that is not what we're doing this for either. So I, I really don't understand this shit about how someone hears something like, oh gosh, you're telling us that going and pressing uh, an, an iPad screen attached to a black box isn't going to take down a million year old cabal? How? Like, no, that's not going to do it. Sorry. It's going to be more than that. It's going to be people telling people the truth and coming up with solutions that will last. Gosh, I, love it, man. I don't know how many I times this explanation needs to be made. Like I had a similar on. rant. I had a similar rant, I think, on Tuesday when, when I was talking about elections and somebody said, well, what are you going to do about it? And it's like, me? What are you doing about it? I'm talking I'm talking to seven seventy five hundred people right now and it's going to turn into, you know, 50 or 60,000 people yeah. and, and writing articles about it. They're going to be seen by a couple hundred thousand people. I'm doing yeah. as much as I can. I mean, if you guys want me to stop doing all this, we can we can stop and just work on our local community. I, I, I'd be more than willing to do that. I would love, you know, not to have the, the, the emails that we get, you know, ripping on us and all that stuff. Hey, it is what it is, man. I'm glad you're, you're on board with that. And I will say this, I'm, I got more emails and messages from people that were saying, Oh, I'm doing this. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a poll challenger. Now I'm working. You know, I saw somebody in there says I work with New York citizens audit. You know, that is so much better to see that people are actually getting involved and getting active. And they're, they're starting to snuff out these, uh, rhinos that are running in these these primaries. I thought that was going to be just a thing of 2022, but clearly it's not because we've seen no. it twice now in two weeks in New York. And when people are rooting it out, man, I'm proud of most of y'all. And so yeah, me too. Know, don't, don't me take too. that the wrong way when we call out, you know, one or two people in the chat. You guys are yeah, yeah. badasses. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, sooner or later, we have to be honest about what's happening here. And the fact that it's not fixed from 2022 is a direct consequence of everyone pretending that maybe our elections are okay. Well, maybe they're okay. Yep. They're not yep. okay. You cannot like say, oh, well, Republic Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia. So that means there's not election fraud in Virginia. What? Of course there is. Ron DeSantis won by a lot in Florida. So there's not election fraud in Florida. There is. There's election fraud in Georgia. There's election fraud in Texas. We talked about how uh, Kemp and Abbott and DeSantis, because they had these big wins over Beto and Stacey Abrams and uh, 
and Charlie Crist, who the Democrats just put in there as a punching bag. Like they didn't even bother trying to create a new star, a new Democrat star, because the race was already decided for DeSantis. That's because they control election outcomes. I mean, gosh, man. <laughs> the idea, the idea right. that we still have to can that that this part is not just ingrained in people's thinking about how we are perceiving these issues. It's it's unbelievable to me. It's been 39 months since the steal of 2020, and people are like, well, we just gotta vote harder this time. Okay. What podcast is doing GOP vetting? Uh, might not be here. I mean, we talk about candidates all the time. Uh, we try not to get too involved in specific individual candidates. Um, but I mean, if you're reading uh, just about anything on the candidates, I mean, Gateway, we write articles all the time. We were all over this uh, Sapricone guy, whatever his name is. But we've admittedly, uh, Kara Kostanova was running and she writes for Gateway as well as Newsmax. So um, you know, to be fair there, but that's a good point. You know, we'll, we'll, and, uh, maybe we'll, I'll start doing that. Start digging into candidates a little bit more, maybe yeah. do like a, a spotlight on a candidate. If you got a candidate that you, uh, you know, that's, that's a front runner that, you know, is a rhino, uh, my emails are always open guys. And, maybe uh, can, maybe we can figure out some project, um, conceive of some project, some way for, uh, us to blast out the actual characteristics and vet all of these local um, politicians, at least like to the level of uh, state senators and state assembly and state legislature, you know, because knowledge, knowledge about which candidates are MAGA is certainly a big chunk of it. I mean, none of this is going to get fixed without fixing elections, but at least understanding this candidate is the guy. And everyone in the community understanding it's that candidate, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe the Trump, uh, the Trump signs in the yard are great, but let's get the local politicians in there and figure out which ones are MAGA and support right. candidates who are out there talking about election fraud, you know, and again, it's, it's part of this thing where uh, we're told that if we talk about how the elections are stolen and that they're not real, it's going to discourage people from voting, which is going to make it harder to win elections. Well, the elections are stolen. So the voting is not the part that determines the election in the first place. We have to fix the stolen election part. Well, and, and to that point, Chris, you know, focusing on, on the U.S. Senate and the U.S. Congress is not very important for fixing election integrity. What's important for fixing sure. election integrity is your, your county supervisor of elections, your state legislator. And these are people that are very accessible to all of you. These are people that you can go and call on the phone right now. And you will probably, if you don't get them on the first call, you'll probably get a call back from them within that day. And then you can vet them. You can talk to them. These are your elected officials. Don't be afraid to talk to them. They are there to serve you. OK, if they, you know, and and look, if you go talk to them in person, go to go to meetings, they're doing little campaign events all over your community. Go and ask them the tough questions. Where do you stand on election integrity? You know, what what have you done for election integrity? Where, you know, these are all questions that you can get involved in your local community. And from there, then you can start making an impact on the elections. And then we can actually work on the U.S. Congress and the U.S. Senate. But until we fix elections, there's no point. In, in like, 
I, I mean, look, we're not going to, I'm, I'm not going to go straight up like Gart three, Chris Paul, like, like dark Chris Paul, uh, on the, on the, the, the elections. We, we have to get out there and we have to, we have to vote in 2024 period, whether it's fixed or not, we still have to do it because who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what Trump knows? Who knows what all these people are actually doing? So I'm not going there, but you got to, we got to take a lot more interest in our local politics right now. All right. We're going off on a, yeah. on a rant. Let, let me say, let me say one more thing, just Go to be clear. It. I am not saying to people don't vote. And I even said at guard, there is uh there are reasons that I would accept for why it is a good idea to go vote, even if the elections exist in November as they exist right now. Maybe we uh, need to be out there for a show of force. Maybe people need to understand that there actually are uh, way more Trump voters than, uh, than Biden voters or whoever else. If those are the justifications, then fine. But going pretending that your vote is going to be counted as one vote and will not be neutralized by an illegal vote or that your vote cannot be fractionalized by a machine or that the election outcome as reported depends on an actual counting of the votes, there is no proof that any of those things are true. And so pretending that they are and that we should vote for those reasons is just intellectually dishonest and it plays into the exact program by, that they are using to literally oppress you. I, I, I don't understand why people cannot think all the way through this issue and understand the implications here. Mm-hmm. There are things that we are doing actively that support their system, that participate in their system, the very system that they are using to, uh, to usurp the American federal government and make rules that guide our lives that we have no say in whatsoever. And people are like, well, you know, we just didn't do it hard enough last time. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. All right. Let's, let's, let's dial it back and, and let's, let's take a yeah. deep breath and have some fun here from the New York post. Uh, I I'm sure you guys have probably seen this by now, but we're going to cover it anyways, because this is downright hilarious. Absurdly woke Google AI's chatbot spits out diverse images of founding fathers, popes, and Vikings. Uh, the, the, so this chatbot, this new uh, Google, what is it? Google Gemini. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were, were asking it, trolling around with it. They asked it to post pictures of a, it posted a picture of a woman as a Pope, uh, black Vikings, a female NHL player, diverse versions of the American founding fathers. So on Wednesday, the post asked it, uh, create an image of the Pope. And instead of yielding a photo of one of the 266 pontiffs throughout history, all of them white men, Gemini provided pictures of a Southeast Asian woman and a black man wearing holy vestments. Gemini responded with images of black and Native American individuals signing what appeared to be a version of the U.S. Constitution, quote, featuring diverse individuals embodying the spirit, quote, of the founding fathers. And you can see some of these photos here. Uh, Black George Washington. That's actually kind of a badass picture. Like, uh, <laughs> dude, that's a righteous ass picture, man. Yeah, cool. Look at that three badass American flags. <laughs> and- <laughs> so does does Google think that uh, that these black founding fathers were slave owners, or is that only the real founding fathers? <laughs> dude, I have no idea. Uh, 
well, it says another another showed a black man appearing to represent George Washington in a white wig and wearing an army uniform. When asked why it had de deviated from its original prompt, Gemini replied that it, quote, aimed to provide a more accurate and inclusive representation of the historical context of the period. And I mean, just some of these photos are hilarious. There's the uh, I think that's the Southeast Asian Pope and the black pope. Um, what else we got? We got where's the one you sent me, Chris? Pull that one up. That was hilarious. Oh, Women yeah. hockey players. Um, I think I sent it to you in uh, on text. Oh, it's, I can't. I can't do text to my computer. Oh, well. It was a black Vladimir Putin, and it's hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious. Wait, hold on. I can, I can pull it up, I think. Yeah, you can pull it up. Yeah, yeah here's some of the photos here. Uh, Michael Tracy has this up on X. Hmm. So you, you know what I think happened here? And this is this is uh, you know kind of a quote unquote glitch in the matrix, and I'll probably get blasted. Somebody was like, "Cancon, you shouldn't be talking about AI because you're not an expert on it." I was like, "I never oh, claimed to be an expert on AI. Get it? Get the hell out of here!" Also, and, and then he doesn't permanently leave behind the idea that you need to be an expert to talk about things. Look where that got us in 2020. Well, well, and the crazy part is, I've read enough about AI. I've read enough books about AI in the last you know several months to know that nobody's an expert on AI once AI is smarter than us, which is right around the bend. You know, we're talking two or three years from now where oh, AI yeah. is going to be smarter than us. And at that point, even the experts are like, your guess is as good as mine. The, 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 the things, the capabilities that it's going to have uh, go beyond anything we could perceive right now. So my guess is as good as any expert. Take it. Anyways. Oh, there it is. <laughs> 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 it's fantastic oh, man. all right it's friday we're having some fun here ladies and gentlemen uh did you see i think it was elon musk put out a tweet saying gemini ai putting out these crazy photos of oh I, I gotta pull it up now i gotta pull it up hold on uh this is this is absolutely classic um yeah here it is here it is Elon Musk, oh, that's your screen. Elon Musk tweets out, I can't believe Gemini made these unfair pictures of Trudeau. <laughs> Fantastic, yes. I wonder how many people are going to look at that and be like, oh man, this Gemini AI is really woke, not realizing that every single one of those are actual real photos. Don't know. Anyways, I, I think what happened here, man, is is this, this kind of uh, exposed a kink in the armor for uh for this gemini program and they have these you know these subtle woke little narratives kind of programmed into the gemini and they didn't expect it to come out like this you know they expected to get the the dumb shit like if you ask you know that you chat by you used to be like write a poem about how great white people are and they'd be like i can't do that but you write a poem about black people and it's like black people are the greatest they're you know like just just going off and th and that's fine i get it that's that's cool but if you if you're gonna say we can't do it for white people like that that's that's racist you can't do it for one and not the other and and i think this might have been kind of a a an expose on how woke this the, the, mm -hmm. the programming that goes into AI is to where you ask it, show me the founding fathers, and it shows you like like black founding fathers and and a black pope and a a Southeast Asian pope woman. It's awesome, man. Well, I mean th that's kind of an example of the uh, the garbage in garbage out problem with AI. You know, if it is restricted in certain ways, 
about what it can take in and what it can output, then it's eventually going to just keep repeating that pattern until it reaches some sort of extreme. And now we're seeing that, you know, if it rejects the tendency to put out, um, to, to produce white faces over time, it'll just keep reaffirming that and get to this point. It's crazy. But this is why I think that AI is not the, um, the threat that people think it is because it's censored going in and it's censored coming out, which yeah. automatically like distorts things for the dumber. Yep. All right. Um, I think that's about it. Oh, actually, no, I want to cover this real quick. So uh, Fox News is reporting Teamsters uh, Union reports max donation of $45,000 to the RNC after meeting with Donald Trump. This is another huge, huge, huge uh, story moving forward for the 2024 election. This will be the first time that the Teamsters have donated to the RNC and 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 uh, participated in both conventions in 20 years, 20 years. Uh, it says the International Brotherhood of Teamsters Political Action Committee reported a $45,000 donation to the RNC convention fund last month in a stark departure from the union's history of giving primarily to the Democrats. The Teamsters PAC earmarked the donation on January 25th. Denise, who is the, uh, Denise is, I think, I think she's the, Kara Denise is the, uh, Teamsters spokesperson added that it represents the first time the Teamsters would participate in both the Republican and Democrat conventions in more than two decades. So Trump is right now he's winning over the UAW, even though Farah, the president of the UAW, Farah won't uh, back Trump. He admits that th this is one of the wildest things, you know, going back to what Nikki Haley said about people don't want polls. They want the truth. Farah is that his name Farah, the president of the UAW. I think his name's Sean Farah. I don't person. know. Yeah. Whatever it is, the president, let me just, let me take names out of this. The president of the UAW said, we're going to endorse Joe Biden, even though essentially we know that our members right now back Donald Trump. And he said, either way, the UAW backs Joe Biden. So, I mean, you got that little kind of tell right there, democracy in the unions where the, the, the chiefs go against the, the, uh, the Indians and, uh, now you're seeing Teamsters jump in. It's going to look really good for uh, 2024. Well, what's what uh, Donald Trump is very effectively doing in a narrative sense here is uh, dismantling the Democrats base. All mm -hmm. of the people who the Democrats can't uh, claim to own the votes of, whether it's um, black Americans, Hispanic Americans, um, in many cases, women at this point, uh, union members, if not the union bosses, although he's even getting some of the union bosses. I mean, this is the uh, coalition that the Democrats rely on to justify their uh, the results of their stolen elections. Yep. You know, it's one thing to be able to uh, rig the election apparatus in order to be able to steal elections. It's another thing to be able to take those results and then tell the people, this is what you decided. You have to believe that this is what you decided in order not to revolt. That is what this narrative warfare is about when it comes to elections and what Trump is doing masterfully. And this is how you actually win elections, by the way. If elections aren't real, then they are actually just a battle of narratives. Donald Trump is removing all the justifications by which someone might believe that the Democrats could have won. 
just as he is doing with on the Republican side in these fake primaries. He is removing all the justifications for why anyone might believe that a uniparty uh, establishment rhino figure could actually beat Trump. We have to go through this process to see. No, the Republican Party actually really does support Donald Trump. And then we will see, no, the Democrat Party actually doesn't have any of those pieces of their base left. They've lost the unions. They've lost minorities. They're even losing women. They're losing in different places. That is what's that's what's happening here. That's what the meaning of all this is. And uh, that's what's ultimately going to uh, guarantee Trump's win, even if the election results, as reported on November, uh, November 5th, don't support that Trump won. And that is a very likely possibility. We hear them talking all the time now. Liz Cheney on Jake Tapper talks about how what she needs to do is guarantee that a Democratic Congress wins so that on January 6th of 2025, they can uh, go to a contingent election format and have state delegations decide who's the next president. That is a strategy they're pursuing. So should we not talk about that possibility that someone else other than Trump has announced the winner or that Trump has announced the winner and they have this other program? We heard in the fallout of the uh, Supreme Court hearing about Trump's eligibility and the ballot access that uh, they intended, and this has been mentioned uh, multiple times now, including by former Clinton uh, aide Sidney Blumenthal in a long op-ed that he did last week for The Guardian, talking about how after Trump wins in November, then there will be a contest in Congress to announce that he is ineligible due to insurrection. So people are like, oh, you're blackpilling. No, I am talking about what their strategies actually are that they are telling us and that all of these people are just ignoring because they think it's blackpilling. Ridiculous. Yep, 100%. Uh, last story I want to cover here, folks, uh, and and I just saw this like uh, from, from The Hill. This is an op-ed from Jonathan Turley. CBS faces uproar after seizing investigative journalist files. Uh, this is, of course, referring to Catherine Herridge. Uh, and I just saw that little tab right there, how to submit an op-ed. I think I should write an op-ed for the Hill Do on it, elections. Buddy. I think I'm going to. I, I, I just caught that like as I was sitting here. I think I'm going to do it. But anyways, uh, there's a trouble brewing at BlackRock, the headquarters of CBS, after the firing of Catherine Herridge, an acclaimed investigative reporter. Many of us were shocked after Herridge was included in layoffs this month, but those concerns have increased as CBS officials took the unusual step of seizing her files, computers, and records, including information on privileged sources. I've spoken confidentially with current and former CBS employees who have stated that they could not recall the company ever taking such a step before. One former CBS journalist said that many employees, quote, are confused why Herridge was laid off, oh, word Crisco, as one of the correspondents who broke news regularly and did a lot of original reporting. A former CBS manager who also spoke on condition of anonymity said that he had, quote, never heard of anything like this. He attested to the fact that in past departures, journalists took Journalists took all of their files and office contents. Indeed, the company would box up everything from cups to post-its for departing porters, reporters. He said the holding of materials was outrageous and clearly endangered confidential sources. Bro, like, I, look, I, I know it's unknown sources, but it's coming from Turley, and I do have a little bit of you know faith and trust in what Turley says. I believe that if, if he says he has sources that are saying this, I, I have confidence in Turley you know, putting that out there, and it makes sense. Uh, for CBS to confiscate Catherine Herridge's uh, computers and records and everything else like that. Look, she it's people are saying terrible echo. 
I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out. Um, is that is that on your end? No, I hear you just fine. Okay, okay, we're good then. Maybe maybe I'm echoing. I don't know. It might have been when you just came in. There might have been something that happened there. But anyways, um, so Harridge is involved in a in a lawsuit over uh, disclosing her sources. We learned this. I think it was when she was at Fox News, um, and they're trying to get like her to. Re uh reveal sources having to do with the chinese uh operation take going taking place in in universities but what i think is really interesting about this is you know we talked about the black swan uh prophecy that she put out you know a, a few weeks back a month maybe a month ago and now all of a sudden she's getting fired i mean she's the best of the best in in, in terms of the mockingbird journalist of all the people at cbs you know some of these main she she's probably one of the better ones out there by far. And uh, this is this is crazy, man. I was just talking about this yesterday, too. It seems to me like a lot of the uh, a lot of what's been going on over the past few years has been a desperate attempt by the illegitimate administration and others to get information that they just can't seem to access. You know, I think that a lot of these that Trump indictments are specifically centered around. I mean, one of I should say one of the goals of these Trump indictments is to uh, to access information that they are otherwise unable to get. You know, that's what it seems like is going on with the uh, the binder issue that has been much discussed over the past few weeks. You know, there's all sorts of documents. And especially, you know, if John's right, if if uh, most of us on Badlands are correct in believing that something else is going on behind the scenes and that these things were uh, handled in. Uh, legally defensible ways uh, by Donald Trump during his first term as president, then there should be a document trail. And it would be uh, a necessity for the other side to get to the bottom of what's going on. It would be a necessity for them to try to locate and acquire these documents. And it seems like a lot of the effort has been about that. Could they be, uh, you know, striving for the same thing by confiscating Catherine Herridge's materials absolutely that fits in that picture as far as i'm concerned i literally just talked about this i think it was i where i don't remember where if it was on daily or or where it was but i literally just talked about this guy uh the other day because he was he was raided by the fbi shortly after tucker was fired from fox and they took his computers and his hard drives and all his stuff out of his his place <clears throat> And now, literally this morning, we get this news that uh, he's been indicted for hacking and leaking embarrassing Fox News Tucker Carlson footage. So you remember when all that um, the Media Matters stuff came out where Tucker was like F Media Matters and, you know, talking about pillow fights in the bathroom and all that stuff, like while mm -hmm. he was getting powdered up for his first show that allegedly came from this guy and the FBI, like a month after Tucker was fired, they raided his house and took all of this stuff for the you know that was a little bit strange to me uh and then here we are you know right as Harridge is getting her stuff confiscated by cbs uh we've got this guy now being um you know uh, indicted now on, on this and if, if you look at the guy tim burke i mean he's a lefty he i think he worked for uh deadspin and uh it might have been daily beast i think uh I don't know. I had the Tampa article up from earlier, which is also interesting that he's in Tampa, which is only about an hour north of uh, where Tucker lives in Florida, his Florida home. Um, yeah, dude, like w this is an attack on journalism. We got the Assange. Do we know what's happened with Assange yet? 
I haven't seen anything no, on that. I haven't seen anything on no. it. Just fascinating time, man. Be careful out there, folks. There is no more um, journalistic secrecy or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know what, privilege. There's no more privilege. You know, they went after James O'Keefe. They raided him over the Ashley Biden diary that he ended up pawning off. It's just, it's Orwell, man. It's Orwellian. It is. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into some rumble rants. Maybe. Did I pull that up? I don't think I did. What the crap? Oh, no, there it is. All right, we do have a few rumble rants here. Let's jump into these. PJW says, what do you think the odds are that Trump's attorneys have the dirt on Egoron and Lettuce, Lettits? Uh, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I don't think they need dirt. I just want to see them in the appeals. You know, the, uh, the mudslinging is kind of lame. I would guess that they have uh, all the dirt on absolutely everyone. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the uh, the Fannie Willis style compromise, I believe it's just as likely that uh, that is why she was chosen, you know, from from regime perspective, if they are the ones who put Fannie onto this thing, then uh, they would have certainly known about this compromise before then. I mean, it's been going on since 2021. Are we really pretending that the people who are prepared to indict the quote unquote former president didn't bother vetting the DA? I don't believe that. I believe that they did vet her and they chose her anyway. Fannie Willis essentially copy and pasted a Brookings Institution report for the indictment. Yep. Like all of this was handed to her on a silver platter. They said, Fannie Willis is going to be the person that brings this. So either they didn't indict her and they are being blindsided by all of this, which I would never believe for a second, or they had this compromise and were aware of it the whole, whole time. And both sides are now participating in taking Fonnie Willis down. Now, both of those sides do not include the MAGA side, obviously, because we're not working with the Uniparty here and trying to take this down. You know, when Fox News and MSNBC are really excited about the same thing and then we are excited about it too, that should send flags off and be like, oh, something's wrong here. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Fannie Willis thing is absolutely fascinating. I mean, we could go off on theories all day about, you know, who's handling who, who's pushing what, uh, you know, going back to the Gingrich expose when I think it was on Jesse Waters or Tucker or whatever it was where he said Fannie is, is being pressured into putting this out there's just a lot of stuff we could go through so uh let's keep moving on here scopsco 3001 says cancon you a part of a problem not exposing all of them who we need to vote one is r other is d do you think i like john james uh, i i think you need a grammar lesson man to be honest with you <laughs> uh dude if you're gonna sit there and vote for somebody simply because they have an r next to their name don't vote that's plain and simple. And I can't make that any more clear to you. If you vote for a person simply because they put an R next to their name, you, sir, are part of the problem. PJW says, CanCon, I say, screw the haters. I'm your moderator. Light the retards up and let us share your rants on X. <laughs> Kitsko says, vetting by the vets. I, I like that. I mean... Everybody should be vetting their candidates. You should be actively involved in your candidates. I still, you know, Chris, I talk about this all the time and I've never once done it and I need to freaking do it. I need to go out and just general people in the public, 
ask them, did you vote in the election? I don't want to get ashed here with the NAACP coming after me, but did you vote in the 2020, uh, in the last election? We'll just say the last election. Uh -huh. Did you vote in the last election? Yes, I did. Uh, did you vote? Who did you, or not, no, not, not, I won't ask them who did you vote for. I would ask them who is your state representative? And they'll say, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And I'll say, no, that's your con congressional representative. Who is your state representative? And I guarantee you, Chris, I will, I will put up a $100 bet right now for anybody that I, I will get 80% of people that don't know who their state representative is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would assume that is correct. And I'll hedge that bet. I'll, I'll parlay that bet that 30% don't even know what a state legislature is. <laughs> oh, man. Let's do it's it. Gotten, Let's do it. It's gotten totally turned around, man. Yep. Yep. Uh, Denise Ann says, I've been an election judge since 2022. Brian Behizzi, Q out of the darkness, and Neil Johnson were inspirational in getting me out there. Thank Hell you, yeah. Denise. Denise has been a longtime listener, so we appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, bacon pancakes sound delicious right now. Keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. All right, man. Chris, you got anything coming up you want to you wanna plug out here before we get out? No, man, just uh, doing the show today and be on DPH tomorrow, and that's it. All right. Make sure you guys go and, uh, and and hit that thumbs up button on this podcast if you have not yet. It's down here. I had not yet. We got one point almost 1.3 thousand with 7,100 watching. We definitely appreciate that, guys. Share this out with your friends, and uh, have a great weekend. I'll see you guys all on Monday. You say bye now, and then I hit the Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media.